check thank you thank you jane for that uh, wonderful uh, world class presentation wasn't it yeah it was praise the lord for the many many things that god has helped us to do many many hours man hours time energy money uh heart passion prayer everything into it praise the lord hallelujah amen sometimes um it's amazing though we um probably number wise are not like a mega church but the many things that god has enabled us to do is like a mega church <laughs> amen hallelujah and the church for us is not just confined to the four walls the church that we are reaching out to is beyond us amen hallelujah and we want to keep this going forward the world has gone digital and we cannot be staying uh, outdated and obsolete <laughs> you know when a mobile device or any electronic device becomes obsolete and the technology doesn't work what happens you just have to throw it in the scrap it has no value and if we are not relevant to the times and we do not uh, tap into the um situational needs of people we will miss out a whole generation and we instead of being a movement will become a monument and that's the last thing we want to be we want to be on the move where the spirit of god is moving and we want to uh, do what the lord wants us to do jesus was reaching out to his generation through stories through parables and today the stories of our times are being shared through all kinds of media uh and so praise god for this uh, wonderful bunch of committed people who have been serving the lord uh, tirelessly some of them after their uh, work uh, late at night 12 o'clock then sit and do their recordings editing uh and a lot of work and so by the time you produce one thing for one post one video one thing it takes so much of planning preparation thinking ideas uh cross checking with each other meetings among ourselves and then uh getting the job done allocating roles for each one according to each one's giftings and talents and then finally to come out with something takes a great deal of work and effort and uh, praise god that god has enabled us to do much more than what we could do by ourselves it's the lord's doing amen nothing that we can boast of we thank god and give the lord all the glory honor and all the praise hallelujah praise the lord let's continue to uh, go into god's word this morning from uh, our series we began last week we began studying the gospel of matthew last year we went through all of the prophetic books and we are clustering them together and creating a playlist on youtube so that at one click you can find all of the prophetic books so you can have your own personal time of learning and studying as you read through every prophetic book in the bible and you can watch its relevant video of each book and that can help you to understand uh the scriptures better and the same way we are doing matthew this uh, begin we began last sunday um 
and we have split it up into five weeks the lord willing we should be able to do it in five weeks last week we um, began with the first part the, uh, we said that there are five literary markers you know the gospel or any of the books of the bible are literary books and the literature has a certain form and a format for example a poem has four lines in each paragraph and it goes in poetical rhyming format and so there is a format and there is a way you understand the poem it is very symbolic it is very metaphorical um you know eyes are blue right things like that uh you have expressions like that many many expressions so in each genre you have a certain way things are uh, put down and in the gospel of matthew matthew records as a spirit has led him to write a gospel to the jewish believers and he separates it into five parts and at the end of every part section he finishes writing he would say when jesus had finished saying these things when jesus had finished saying these things five times you will find that and so that very clearly shows that there is a section why is he has carefully uh, led by the spirit put them down together so this morning we're going to go into the second part of the study and if you missed last week go back and look at it online go on to house of david dot and you will find the audio video messages uh, right there and you can read through the scriptures and i've been repeatedly reminding us on our church whatsapp page uh, whatsapp group to read through the scriptures gospel of matthew and listen uh, to it once again that will help you to learn better and so this morning uh, to title this section i would call it go ahead don't stop go ahead don't stop how do we read the gospels there are two ways we need to approach the gospels when it comes to the gospels we need to look at what did jesus convey mean to his first time hearers first time audience there was a group of people or individuals to whom he was speaking to what did he mean what did he convey to them we need to consider that and what is the gospel writer who took those stories those incidents those sayings of jesus the life the ministry the teaching the miracles his suffering death burial resurrection ascension and what he spoke before his ascension all of that each writer took certain parts of it investigated it carefully and put down a document and so what did each evangelist each writer convey to the jewish church or to his audience to whom he was writing remember when jesus did those miracles or his life on this earth uh, he lived he died and rose again that was in the early part of the first century but then when the writers are writing they are writing after jesus ascended and then the church was born and the apostles were writing letters to the churches to establish them and disciple them and it was after the epistles were written that the gospels were actually written timeline wise and so they felt a need while the eyewitnesses of the lord were all fading away they felt a need to stabilize and establish the churches in the way of christ 
they felt the need to write to the churches and so matthew probably most likely would have written somewhere around 80 ad ad 80 or so somewhere around that time so we need to consider when we look at the gospels what was jesus meaning to his audience what did he speak to them why did he do what he did why was he doing those miracles what was being conveyed through all of that and what did the writers who took that information the eyewitnesses and they were writing to a certain audience why did they write we need to look at both to understand what the text really means and then once we identify what it really means putting both of this together then we will be able to understand how does it apply to us today and that's exactly the framework of how we approach scriptures so how do we infer that matthew was writing to a jewish audience when we say that how are we saying that matthew when he addresses many of the jewish customs and traditions like ceremonial washings of the old testament the temple tax the tassels and the garments of the priests the law and many things that he refers to the prophets when he refers to all of them he does not explain every detail of it what is a tassel he's not explaining that what is temple tax he's not explaining that right what are the customs and traditions of the jewish people why were they ceremonially washing their hands what, what did it mean where did it come from he's not explaining that all of that shows that matthew was writing to an audience who understood all of it they knew it is writing to a jewish audience it implies these are uh, internal evidences that show to whom it was written to by looking at what he was not writing <laughs> let me repeat that internal evidences that point to whom he was writing to based on what he is not explaining there's no need to explain because they are jewish people they know it so you don't have to explain those things his use of the phrase kingdom of heaven instead of kingdom of god is because the jews would use it use it as kingdom of heaven because they would not use the divine name of god when they would spell or pronounce or use his name they would not use even when they say yahweh in 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 uh, uh, hebrew they would say yahweh they would not pronounce his whole name or they would use it as adonai adonai instead of yahweh it was more as a matter of reverence and so matthew uses the phrase kingdom of heaven kingdom of heaven the kingdom of heaven is at hand because as a matter of reverence he would not use kingdom of god because he was writing to a jewish audience and it would be offensive for them disrespectful if he says kingdom of god so he uses the phrase kingdom of heaven and the jews understood it and so we understand that the gospels were primarily written to a jewish audience And so as he's writing to a Jewish audience the question I want us to address is was he pro Jewish or anti Jewish <laughs> You find strong Jewish perspectives there and arguments against their leaders Jesus was also doing the same picking up from the Old Testament scriptures which the Jews were very familiar and he was ministering in a Jewish context remember he did not go to the Gentiles because his plan was it was gospel and the salvation was going to go to the world through the jews so to the jew first and then to the rest of the world because that was god's original plan of calling israel and making them into a nation by calling one man abraham making them into a nation so that one nation to whom he will reveal himself and through them they will shine the light to the rest of the world 
and so you find it looks like is he for or against strong jewish perspectives are there but also he's very much against the leaders the religious leaders of because of their hypocrisy and uh, you find both the sides there the church and the synagogue mentioned in the um in the in the gospel of matthew and both the groups are claiming themselves to be the true people of god both claim their legacy from the same scriptures those who follow christ and those who are judaizers who follow the 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 law of god ritualistically without applying their heart and without experiencing a transformation in their life they've really not come into the kingdom of god they are only having a form and they are that's what we looked at sermon on the mount where jesus is constantly telling them that it was written it was you heard you know it was written this way but this is what you've been doing but this is what it means he explains the meaning of the law in the spirit of the law and so you find both judaizers and those of following christ claim you know israel scriptures as their legacy now this is you don't know whether matthew is for or against the jews for the jewish opponents who were opposing the gospel they considered matthew and his community and the teachings of christ as heresy but for the jewish believers jesus and his life and ministry and death and resurrection were all fulfillment of prophecy it's amazing for the jewish opponents who were opposing jesus and his message for them it, they considered it as heresy but for those who followed jesus who believed in the lord jesus who knew that he is the messiah for them it was the fulfillment of prophecy and so here matthew is bringing out as how the church represents the the new community that jesus was forming then he speaks of the new wine and the new wine skin the new wine has come and you need to become the new wine skin to receive the new wine then both will be preserved and so that was a new community that he was forming which represents the true people of god made up of both jews and gentiles who have embraced jesus as the messiah and who have accepted his message so this is the kind of environment matthew is in on one side he has people who are opposing jesus opposing his message on other side you have a bunch of people who are believing in jesus and saying this is the fulfillment of prophecy and embracing the gospel the message of christ this is the environment he is in how does the gospel of matthew help in this climate this is in this environment while he is writing he is taking the message of jesus the story of jesus and he is writing it to a, a jewish believing audience in this context matthew's promise fulfillment theme he's constantly would say as told by the prophets now it has happened even when jesus did a miracle in peter's house in peter's mother in law was healed of the fever and all those who came there were healed immediately you know matthew would jump in and say as it was prophesied by isaiah but you know by your stripes you are healed in the same way all who came were healed he would immediately always refer back to the old testament speaking about how all that was promised by god was being fulfilled was fulfilled by jesus 
is helping the Jewish believers to know that whatever you know and have read in the Old Testament all through the ages whatever you've learned about God all that was prophesied about these times were actually true he's basically helping the new believers to be- know that whatever was already hundreds of years prophesied was actually true he's uh, he's helping in confirming the the truth of the gospel and the authority of the gospel messengers because people were you know being tossed between the judaistic leaders those who were hypocritical those who were not yet believed in Jesus the savior and uh, they were tossed between them and the new found faith in Christ they were tossed between the both and so to confirm that what you have now believed is the truth matthew writes the gospel according to matthew and matthew's gospel served the purpose of stabilizing those churches that were in danger of returning back to judaism the old testament form of ritualistic worship and believing that salvation is by good works and by sacrifices animal sacrifices but jesus has come as on and only sacrifice where animals and birds do not have to be sacrificed and rituals ceremonial rituals do not sanctify a person it only sanctifies externally you can wash your hands it only sanctifies your hands but it does not sanctify the heart and that's what matthew was trying to convey to the jewish believers and stabilize them in this new found faith in christ that they will not go back to the old rituals and the customs and the traditions that did not sanctify and make them holy god is holy and he is looking for a people who will be holy like him that they will be able to come in fellowship with him because sin came as a barrier between sinful man and a holy god and jesus comes and sacrifices himself on the cross to take away the sins of the sinful man so that by believing in him they can have access to him who is holy and come into relationship with him and so the gospel of matthew actually help in stabilizing the churches in the, in the in the way of christ in their faith in christ that they will not return back into judaism because they were tending to go back because of the infiltration of the judaizers into the churches they were remember they are jewish people so they always all through life from grandfather's time they've always gone to a synagogue and now they started meeting as a new community and they're going to a synagogue and meeting in this new community the church so they're being tossed here and there and so matthew is writing the gospel to help them to know this is the gospel that jesus preached this is the good news that he preached embrace this what you preached what you heard is true what you believed is true and do not go back to what you left that's what he's trying to help them and so what is matthew's approach matthew's approach matthew puts down these five sections discourses a discourse is a long serious discussion right on what is the gospel the good news that jesus preached as he called people to come into his kingdom come into his lordship that he will be king and lord and master over their lives so this is what has been matthew's approach the first part which we looked at last week is the sermon on the mount the first section and jesus was calling them to repentance a serious well thought through repentance of all areas of their life rejecting the form the false system set up by the jewish leaders to follow him and that is the pathway to enter into this new kingdom that he was inaugurating 
and the false religious system was about following the law externally superficially ignoring the intent of what the law says and the spirit in which it was said and also they were following their man-made traditions and so if you follow that jesus finally concludes in that section by saying you will be like one building your house on the sand but if you come to me if you believe in me if you embrace this good news if you completely reject the false system of religious the religious world that only puts a lot of pressure on your external cleansing but re- reject that and come to me and experience an internal cleansing an internal change a change of heart change of attitude change of mind change of behavior character when you embrace this message and believe in me and accept this message of mine and reject that false system then you enter into this new kingdom that's what jesus was telling through the sermon on the mount 5 6 and 7 three chapters of matthew the second discourse is what we're going to be studying this morning the second one is the mission of the 12 he's actually preparing the disciples to be sent out on his work of you know they taking the healing of jesus the deliverance that jesus would bring from demonic oppression and helping people to come into the kingdom the mission of the 12 which is the proclamation of the good news and jesus was making it clear as he sends them out that the nation as a whole will not respond in this section what matthew is trying to convey to the jewish believers is that jesus came and established inaugurated this new kingdom and called people to come into his spiritual kingdom but while you embrace that while you have believed that remember you know jesus already said that not all of israel will fully embrace this they will reject jesus they will reject his message they will not respond as a whole nation they will not respond to him and because of that judgment will come on israel before your proclamation is complete because before you finished proclaiming the good news everywhere to all the villages and towns and cities judgment is going to come on israel that's what he's saying here in the second discourse which is chapters 8 to 10 8 9 and 10 in chapter 9 and verses 9 to 13 can we read that chapter 9 and verses 9 to 13 as jesus went on from there he saw a man named matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth matthew looked at matthew and he said follow me he told him and matthew got up and followed him while jesus was having dinner at matthew's house many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with jesus and his disciples when the pharisees that is the religious leaders saw this they asked his disciples why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners on hearing this jesus said it is not the healthy who need a doctor but the sick but go and learn what this means i desire mercy not sacrifice for i have not come to call the righteous but sinners so obviously the sick here he means he's call, he's talking not about the physically sick he's talking about the spiritually sick the sinners spiritual sickness is sin like physical sickness manifests in many ways in our bodies spiritual sickness is sin and here you find jesus is addressing those who are spiritually sick who are sinners and he has come to save that which was lost he has come to reach out to the sinners and so the heart of what jesus is conveying in chapter 8 and 
through and what Matthew is conveying by taking the miracles that Jesus did and what Jesus conveyed through that miracles by putting all of that together the crux of the matter is that Jesus has come to the sick Jesus has come to reach out to the sinners Jesus has come to reach out to the broken hearted Jesus has come to those who are in need it is not the healthy the healthy meaning those who think that they are righteous that they are not a sinner sick he's referring to the sick as sinners the sinner and so he did not come to call the righteous he did not come for the healthy the righteous the healthy think that they are righteous they they believe in their self righteousness i do charity i do good works i give to the poor i pay my tithes and offerings even in every cinnamon and every uh what is that um all the spices that i get from my field i give a one tenth of that even in the spices that's how meticulously religious they were but in their heart they were not righteous they were sinful their intentions were evil they were not saved they did not believe in christ they they thought that they were better off than others they had spiritual religious pride not spiritual pride it was religious pride the pride in their heritage their pride in their ancestry their pride in their culture the pride in their uh, uh, ethnicity and all of these things jesus was coming to deal with them that's why he took the whip right at the beginning when he came into the temple he took the whip and turned the money changers tables of the money changers and those selling doves and pigeons and all of this and those who were uh, you know filling up the outer courts where the gentiles should come to worship they were filling it up and making money out of it and jesus took the whip to cleanse the temple he came for the sinners and these men who were in the temple who were the leaders they were you know so corrupt and evil but they were enforcing the law on others they would not do what they preached they preached something but they did something differently they were not practicing what they were preaching and that is what jesus was confronting and so he's speaking about the sinners he's speaking about the healthy those who think that they are righteous when i when he says i did not come for the righteous he's speaking about those who think that they are righteous he did not come for them those who think that i am righteous i don't need a savior he's going to tell you take care of your own salvation but the one who says i am a sinner the tax collector and a sinner went to the temple and both of them prayed the sinner beat his breast and he said you know lord have mercy upon me i am a sinner have mercy upon me he cried out to god but the tax the 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 pharisee you know the pharisee who went along with him he also prayed in the temple both of them prayed but the pharisee the leader of the people you know uh, the religious leader he prayed like this lord i am not like the sinner who's sitting next to me i'm better than them i pay all my tithes and offerings correctly i do i do charity i give this i do that i'm better than them that's how he was trying to justify himself before god and he was self righteous and jesus is confronting that and saying i did not come for those self righteous people the healthy the so called healthy the so called righteous but i came for the sinners who are sick in their heart in their mind in their lives and so those who want to be part of this kingdom need to know that they are sick they are sinners and that they need a physician Jesus the one who can heal their hearts change their minds cleanse their souls the self righteous will not repent 
and each healing that is mentioned in chapter 8 and 9 10 healing uh, incidents chapter 8 and 9 has 10 healing incidents each of these healing illustrate how some responded and some rejected 10 healing stories they are not essentially just healing for healing sake alone but in every healing remember the man who comes and with leper leprosy and he says lord if you're willing please heal me jesus said i am willing he willingly knelt before jesus and he received his healing jesus was looking for those who are willing to believe in him believe that he is able to heal believe that he is able to deliver them believe that he is able to save them from their wretched sinful life he was reaching out to them who were asking him and there's no pressure he was not manipulating them he was not remote controlling them though he created all of mankind he did not you know control them and force and thrust his love or his good news or who he is to embrace him he did not trust trusted down their throat he gave them the choice he came proclaiming it to everybody but some people came and received some people rejected he left it to their choice he is a thorough gentleman hallelujah he never pushes himself down somebody's throat and so if today somebody is forcefully converting someone from another religion that is something which is totally against the bible you never supposed to do that supposed to show who jesus is show his love and if somebody wants him they will receive him amen god has given us the mankind the freedom of choice to choose between good and evil to choose between what is right and wrong to choose him or to reject him he has given the freedom of choice and we have the freedom to choose the leper came willingly knelt before him the centurion a centurion is a man who is a, a leader a, a, a soldier over 100 uh, soldiers a, a commander over 100 soldiers a centurion a roman centurion he came and he asked jesus lord you know my servant is sick at home would you please say a word and he will be made whole and jesus said i want to come to your house and heal him and he said no 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 i don't want you to come to my house i am a man under of authority and i know what it is to have authority if i say one to go he goes if i tell one to come he comes and i know that you have authority but if you just stay here and say a word my servant will be healed and that was just displaying thus the faith of a non jewish person the, to the jews god was revealed first but they would not believe many of them would not believe but the, here comes a non jewish person who does not know this god of israel who is now believing in him and he says you just say a word you don't even have to come to my house i know you have the power and the authority to heal my servant i know that you are a savior if you say a word he will be healed and so jesus then says Israel may not accept me and believe in me but they will there will be people who will come from the east and the west speaking about the gentiles who will come and believe in him because the centurion believed who is not a jewish person and so matthew is carefully collecting all of these incidents of how uh, jesus healed the you know the leper jesus healed the centurion servant all of this speaking about how some had faith some believed some accepted and some would reject we don't have time to go into every detail you know every one of them peter's house all of them were healed you know in the 
there was a teacher uh, who came uh, you know and said lord i want to follow you the teacher of the law jesus said foxes have holes uh, birds of the air have nests but son of man has no place to lay his head if you want to follow me you will not have any even a place to lay your head basically jesus was helping him to know that to follow me means you need to be willing to sacrifice and commit yourself to follow me you cannot don't expect all the comforts and acceptance of all people if you come to embrace me and believe in me the coming of the storm jesus is in a boat you all know the sunday school story and jesus wakes up and and rebukes the disciples saying you of little faith the issue is not about the storm and Jesus' power to calm the storm. We always focus on Jesus' power to calm the storm. But I want us to understand that why was Matthew recording this and why did Jesus allow the storm to come and why was he sleeping? All of this to help the disciples see that they are people of little faith. They are fully not trusting in him and believing everything that he says and believing that he is a Messiah. They follow him because he has been feeding them, taking care of them. He wants them to fully believe in who he is which would require renouncing their families, renouncing all that they have been believing in him, believing in and that they would have to follow him. And so he speaks about little faith. So Matthew is putting all of these incidents together which happened probably most likely at different times. They did not happen in that sequence. The demon possessed Gadarenes. He was living among the tombs. And you know, this man was healed. Jesus cast out the demons and uh, the demons went into the pigs and this man who was naked and he was tearing himself apart. He was tormented by demons day and night for many years. He was made whole and he was healed. And the people, the town saw, the crowd saw the visible miracle that Jesus did of healing and setting him free from demonic attack. But yet the towns would reject him and say, no, no, don't go away from here. Don't come into our towns. You see people reject him. The paralyzed man was there. And Jesus heals him and says. Your sins are forgiven. Take up your bed and go home. He saw that many were raising eyebrows and saying. What is this? This man is saying your sins are forgiven. And he questions them and says. Which is easier to do? To heal the sick or to forgive their sins? The forgiveness of sins is more difficult. But to show that he has authority to forgive sins. He forgave their sins. That man's sin and healed him. So the healing coupled with the forgiveness showed that he has authority and now it was their choice to believe in him for their forgiveness or to reject him without receiving forgiveness for their sins. The two blind men come crying out to Jesus. Both had faith. Jesus healed them instantly. You see so constantly in these 10 stories some had faith some did not have faith. When Jesus healed this mute man he began to speak. They said they were watching all these miracles. All these religious leaders were watching these miracles and they were full of envy and anger against Jesus and they would not accept him because it was going to disturb their religious status quo. It was going to disturb their income and their earning because they were keeping the people in spiritual blindness and milking them, earning out of them. And they were getting all the respect and honor as great religious leaders and they would come with their long flowing gowns and tassels and people would respect and honor them. And all of this will go away if they have to repent. They have to become humble. <laughs> right? Because they would not give up all of that. And so they unable to accept 
that is they are neither able to accept him nor spit him out no in tamil don't you say like ulungumulla thuppumulla what he does is showing an evidence that he is god they are not able to accept him and they are not able to reject him also and so finally they come with this one massive accusation against him and saying he is doing all this by the prince of demons they were the healthy they were the so called self righteous would not say lord i am a sinner have mercy on me they wouldn't say that and so in chapters 8 and 9 jesus is basically helping uh, them to believe in him by these miracles and showing like a mirror on their face that how you are resisting me with unbelief and matthew speaking up all of those things that jesus did and putting them down to tell the jewish believers the jewish church hey you have left behind that false system you have come to believe in jesus and his message not all of israel would accept many rejected so now you also don't reject him that's what he's trying to convey through these stories and so the in the closing of that chapter 9 he says the harvest is plentiful many are accepting many are also rejecting the harvest is plentiful the sick the sinners who come to him are the harvest the ripe ones who are ready for harvest but the workers are few now he's getting ready to send the 12 until now he's been the only one who's been preaching the good news of the kingdom but he's empowered the 12 and he's going to send them out and before he sends them out he tells this in closing many are rejecting but the many also willing to accept him accept me harvest is plentiful the world is sick and the world is willing to listen many laborers are needed we need to have much compassion on the crowds who need a physician hallelujah he says they are like sheep without shepherd they are like sheep without shepherd they are not led to the truth by these religious leaders they are like sheep without shepherd nobody is guiding them they need you the laborers who will go into the harvest field and and wipe their tears and mend their broken hearts and comfort them and restore their lives and heal the sick and raise the dead and and cast out the demons and bring them into the kingdom so that those who are sick sinful will be made whole hallelujah that's the call that he was giving the disciples as jesus said that and that is what you find in chapter 10 he's sending them out two by two he gives them authority and he says go to the lost sheep of israel there are many lost in israel go to them preach the same message of the kingdom the good news of the kingdom ask them to renounce the false religious practices and embrace me and my message and this is by embracing me and my message it's the pathway to enter into the kingdom you also go i have give you authority he's now empowering taking his authority and his power and empowering the disciples and telling them you go now heal the sick cast the demons heal the lepers and proclaim that the kingdom of god is near and ask people to come in and verses 1 to 15 he's speaking about a coming judgment that would come upon cities and so when you enter a town a village or a city and if they don't accept you if they reject you shake the dust off your feet and go to the next place basically what he's again trying to help them to know is that when you do the job that i'm asking you to do you will also be rejected get ready be prepared that there will be people who will reject me and my message and because of that persecution and judgment is coming upon israel 
but there will be a reward for following me in chapter 10 verses 26 to 33 he speaks of a reward that will come for following him can we read that alone chapter 10 verses 26 to 33 chapter 10 verses 26 to 33 so do not be afraid of them for there is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known what i tell you in the dark speak in the daylight what is whispered in your ear proclaim from the rooftops do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul of course when people hate what you say and people hate jesus they might even kill you for talking about Jesus believing in Jesus and proclaiming his goodness but do not be afraid of those who will kill the body but be afraid of the one who is God himself who can destroy both soul and body in hell verse 29 are not two sparrows sold for a penny yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care in verse 30 and even the very hairs of your head are all numbered so don't be afraid even so don't be afraid you are worth more than many sparrows hallelujah even the hairs on your head are numbered even if even if you don't have many of them they're still numbered you're more you're more worth more than many sparrows hallelujah amen hallelujah you're more worth than many sparrows basically what jesus is saying here is when you face this you will be rejected you take my message you, you will not all be accepted the whole of israel will not accept this message there will be rejection there will be persecution you will stand before you know the rulers and authorities and when you do not know what to say the holy spirit himself will put words in your mouth as to speak what you have to speak but there's a reward for you paying the price for me for following me there's a reward not hair uh, one hair of your head will fall to the ground without the lord's knowledge no harm no evil will touch your life as you believe in him as you proclaim him as you stand for the truth when you face opposition when you face persecution when you face rejection by people maybe friends relatives neighbors loved ones colleagues might reject you may not like you may not like to associate themselves with you there's a reward for following me and there's an awful judgment that's coming upon israel where everyone will be turned against each other and this happened in ad 70 when the romans uh, emperor titus invaded jerusalem and as jesus said by the time you finish before you finish proclaiming the good news everywhere before the son of man comes there will be persecution and uh, israel will be judged for that so why should we learn all of this why was he telling all of this to the disciples what is the value of knowing this why was jesus telling all of this to the disciples that they would be rejecting his message and yet he would be sending them out why is he telling the rejection of the messiah and his message was inevitable he's telling the disciples that when you go and proclaim about me when you go and share my love when you demonstrate my power of the kingdom through signs and wonders and miracles and healing rejection will be there that is inevitable that's what he was trying to convey to the disciples matthew picks it up and tells the jewish churches what value is it for the jewish people the churches who were listening to him to whom he was writing to this gospel to them for the jewish believers to see clearly that all that was unfolding in their midst the judgment of israel 
the inauguration of the kingdom which was happening in front of them where people were coming new people are coming into the kingdom and the gospel at bible's time had spread to gentile regions and now the there's a new community that is being formed jews and gentiles together all of this that they were right in embracing the gospel to help the jewish believers to know that they were right in embracing jesus and the gospel and they needed to stand firm hallelujah to the jewish churches to the disciples it jesus was telling them rejection is inevitable my own people will reject me that's what jesus was telling the disciples and i'm going to judge israel and i'm going to reward you for paying the price and standing with me but for the jewish churches when matthew is writing a few decades later it means that they were right to tell the believers that you might be rejected by the judaizers now but you are not wrong in believing in jesus and his gospel what jesus told his disciples same thing is happening that rejection is inevitable so rejection you will also face from amongst your own people your own father your own brother your own husband your wife might reject you because you believe in jesus because you accepted his message but you are right in embracing this gospel and you need to stand firm that's what matthew was conveying to the jewish believers are you with me this morning is it clear amen but for us what does this mean now now we've seen what jesus meant to the disciples we've seen what matthew meant to the his jewish churches now putting both of this together what does it mean for us we have the same mission amen to harvest is plentiful laborers are few Jesus has given us the same authority to drive out demons, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper and proclaim the good news of the kingdom. Jesus has given us the same mission. And we are all in this mission. The whole media ministry that we were talking about this morning is about this mission. Hallelujah. Amen. We have this as our mission. Same thing that was given to the disciples back then. and all that jesus is trying to tell us and matthew is trying to tell us this morning is don't wait jesus has sent us with authority you need to rise up and go don't wait don't hold back don't look at the rejection and hold back don't think that people will not accept you he already said rejection is inevitable amen they will reject israel rejected jesus but the sick did accept him hallelujah the healthy who thought they were religious who thought that they were self righteous more righteous than others who thought that they were better than others they rejected but there are a bunch of people the sick who are hurting who are in need this morning as joshua was leading he was ministering to those who are broken hearted who needed healing in their hearts in their soul they need a doctor they need a physician there are such people to whom we need to reach out Hallelujah. So don't wait, don't stop. Go ahead with the mission. And go to the sick, not the healthy. Don't leave the gospel. The harvest is plentiful. The gospel is a good news that can transform a person's life. It can bring hope in the hopeless of times. It can revive a person's sick body. Hallelujah. It can heal the sick, it can raise the dead. The good news of Jesus and faith in him can do wonders and miracles in people's lives and can bring transformation it can provide and deliver them from poverty and bless them with prosperity don't leave this gospel 
Don't wait. Go on this mission. Don't leave this gospel because harvest is plentiful. Don't look at the few who are rejecting and be discouraged. Rejection is inev- inevitable. Don't stop because of persecution or because you're misunderstood. Some people say, "Oh, they're getting foreign money. That's why they're doing all this." <laughs> That's how they come condemn they they accuse Jesus. They said he's doing all of this by the prince of demons. They misunderstood and accused him falsely. They will say all kinds of things. persecution or because of misunderstanding don't see all of that and become discouraged don't pray for the persecution to be persecution free but become persecution ready hallelujah because jesus has said rejection is inevitable and persecution will be there we are all the time trying to pray that persecution will go away but jesus has already said it is going to come it is going to be there rejection will be there Let's not pray something against the will of God. Are you with me? Don't always be praying for being to be persecution free, but be to be persecution ready. Hallelujah. That's how the church must be transformed. Amen. To be persecution ready. That's the kind of disciples Jesus wants. That's the way Matthew was stabilizing the churches in the gospel. Hallelujah. Amen. So this morning shall we rise to our feet? We've gone much over our time. Let's quickly close. And commit ourselves to the Lord and say, Lord, we understand the richness of your word. This morning, the unfathomable mysteries that you have given to us. So many Lord, hundreds and thousands of years ago. what is so relevant to our times even now for us to be well stabilized and rooted in the gospel oh god that we as a church will not be a shaky people who will be tossed here and there back and forth because of the tribulations and because of the accusations but we will be strongly firmly rooted in the gospel the mission you have entrusted in our hands that we will not wait that we will not be afraid and we will be ready to suffer for your cause also that we will be a people who will take the love of Christ and bring healing and minister deliverance to the hurting and the needy people of the world around us they need you lord they need your love they need courage they need hope they need your embrace they need forgiveness they need healing they need deliverance from demonic oppression and witchcraft and sorcery they need to be delivered from blindness of the heart and the mind and we pray that you'll take us and use us oh father take us and use us that we will be ready to do what you called us to do now lord i pray for every one of us standing here bless everyone we pray protect everyone in the name of jesus we ask for your divine protection we ask for your healing and strength and blessing to rest upon everyone even as they embrace this gospel fully and the mission of the gospel will continue to ring out through our lives oh god bless every head that is bowed and bless everyone who is watching us online also we pray that the ministry will continue to expand in leaps and bounds far beyond what we can ever think or imagine or plan or do
we pray that your name will be glorified that people's lives will be touched changed transformed delivered set free and blessed forever to this end we commit ourselves to your care and keeping we want to be careful to give you alone all the glory honor and praise in jesus mighty name we pray amen